From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there and welcome to this, the WIA National News Service, for week commencing June 14. And WIA hosts Sydney Repeater Builders Forum. Our first item today, it comes from Robert, VK3DN, WIA Director. It has just come to light that a very important WIA meeting had been scheduled for last Sunday, June 7. Now, the WIA, represented by Peter Young and Peter Mill, the WIA's Repeater and Beacon Coordinator, hosted a forum of amateur repeater builders and maintainers. The forum was organised by the WIA to formulate options for addressing identified interference issues between repeaters along the New South Wales coastal areas and the need to explore future spectrum options for new digital technologies. Not surprisingly, just like the commercial radio communications industry, amateur spectrum in the 2 metre VHF band and to a lesser degree in the 70 centimetre UHF band is very congested or not available for these new technologies. The forum was kicked off with a presentation from the two Peters on the issues and how other IIRU regions have tackled similar problems, which stimulated further discussion of the issues. The outcome led to some very positive steps forward for the need to explore better use of the CTCSS toning code to protect FM repeaters from unwanted incidental interference. A tentative way forward to address adjacent FM channel interference issues from D-Star Mobiles and the development of a 12.5 kHz plans for repeaters and simplex channels for wider discussion in the amateur community. The last meeting to discuss these sorts of issues was in Aubrey-Wodonga in the early 70s, where the foundations of today's existing band plans for repeaters were made. Time and technology moves on. And also moving on is the WIA's news broadcast, with audio and text now available as an RSS feed. There are many RSS reader applications, and one is in fact Apple's iTunes application. So if you use iTunes, or if you own an iPod, then you will be able to find the WIA news feed via the iTunes store. Now, what does all this RSS stuff really mean, and subscribing to RSS? Well, in very simple terms, it means that you or your computer can automatically download the very latest WIA news MP3 file and text edition, and have it all ready and waiting for you ready to read, play or broadcast. So no longer do you have to click and download and wait each week. All you need is some RSS software on your computer. And to subscribe, you simply point that chosen RSS software to the URL or the RSS web address, which is provided at the very top of the WIA News broadcast page on the WIA website. And the rest, it happens automatically. Counting down to our centenary, we are the Wireless Institute of Australia, the world's oldest amateur radio society. Yes, the centenary year is now less than six months away. The chairman of the centenary committee, David Wardlaw, VK3ADW, has given me an outline of the planned events, and there's far too much to cover in one session. So I'll start with the official celebrations. The first is to mark the date and site of the original meeting at the Institute of Wireless Telegraphy on the 11th of March, 1910. This meeting was at the Australia Hotel, Sydney, 
the hotel was pulled down in 1971 and the site is now the MLC Centre. The plan is to have a static display at the centre with celebrations initiated by a Sydney Sea dignitary, perhaps the Mayor, we don't know. The other major event will be held at the same time as the annual general meeting. Special guests and representatives of IARU and overseas societies will be invited. Activities will be spread over the weekend with possibly something on the Friday. This suggests something in the style of this year's very successful AGM combined with Gipstech. I should also mention now that affiliated clubs are invited to hold public functions with a 100th birthday of amateur radio theme. With a bit of coordination, the WIA will attempt to be represented at as many birthday celebrations as possible. I'll have more in another session, but meanwhile, WIA members and clubs with questions or ideas can contact me via email on vk2ara at wia.org.au. Last weekend, more than 36 amateurs celebrated an anniversary for a very loved member of the amateur community. Seventy years ago, on the 6th of June 1939, Mavis VK3KS obtained the callsign VK3KS, starting a long and still ongoing love of amateur radio. Mavis first heard about amateur radio in 1936, when her future OM, Iva VK3XB, the local school teacher, boarded with her parents. Of course, Iva soon had his rig set up, and Mavis and her brother Artie began to learn Moores and radio theory. Eventually Mavis passed her AOCP and received her call sign on June the 6th, 1939. Her first QSO was with Les VK3XF and her second with Iva VK3XB, her future husband. Within three months and 110 contacts, war intervened and her gear was stored for the duration. However, she and Iva were married in 1943 and in 1947 moved to Melbourne, finally settling in 1951 in what was to become their permanent location, Byron Street, Box Hill. In 1953, Iva became the Victorian Outwards QSL officer and was ably assisted by Mavis with the card sorting and posting. DX working increased over the years and Mavis gained first place in the 1958 YLOM contest using CW. She had joined YLRL, the American YL Association, in 1950 and was usually on air during their contests. Over the years, using both SSB and CW, Mavis has won eight gold cups, one silver cup, six plaques, over a hundred YLRL certificates and numerous other awards. She has made many DX friends, some of whom she met in 1974 when she visited the USA. She belongs to the Australian, Canadian, New Zealand, American and Japanese YL associations and is number 62 old-timer. In 1966, she was invited to join the First Class CW Operators Club, one of the very few ladies to be asked. Mavis was one of the founding members of Alara in 1975 and was made a life member in 1982. She and Iva compiled the first edition of Alara's History, which was published in 1989. She served on the Alara Committee from its beginnings until 1991. Today, alas, Iva is no longer with her, 
but she continues to operate CW from her retirement unit on a 35-foot wire over the roof tiles. Last Saturday, a special lunch was held at which Mavis was presented with a commemorative plaque from Alara and a certificate from the WIA to mark this auspicious occasion, Mavis's 70 years as a radio amateur. Congratulations and best wishes, Mavis. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it is relayed on 6 metres on 53.1 MHz AM at 0900 hours Central Standard Time. I'm Ben, VK5, Bravo Bravo. Hams across Australia. This is VK4CC, Cole, from the Southside Amateur Radio Society. VK3. The Sherbrooke Community Radio Club has a tradition in the education field. Jokingly called ARCS Academy, it is run by a group of active radio amateurs to support and increase the numbers in amateur radio. VK4 The far north and north Queensland amateur radio gathering happened during the June long weekend and enjoyed excellent weather. Those attending had a lot of fun, some great yarns, some great food cooked on the TARC Blunderbuss Barbecue, included mackerel fillets fresh from the Coral Sea, provided by sports fishermen who were also staying in the park for the weekend. The communications van was put to good use with a relaxed operation in the first VK Shires contest, with the very long wire into the VK4 FNQ commemorative tree working efficiently. Saturday night saw the running of the TREC Trivia Challenge with consummate skill by Dale VK4 Delta Mike Charlie. What does the Q code QTR mean? If you can answer that, then you would have had one of the trivia questions correct. The next FNNQARG will be happening at Cardwell Village Beachcoma Resort from Friday, June 11 to Monday, June 14, 2010. The resort is now taking bookings on 1800 005 633. I say again, 1-800-005-633. VK7. Cradle Coast Amateur Radio Club, CCARC, formerly NWTARIG. NWTARIG has held a special general meeting with a focus to move towards incorporation. The end result was that three main motions were unanimously passed by all members present. These were as follows. 1. The club is now renamed to the Cradle Coast Amateur Radio Club, which reflects the wide municipal areas that the club serves. 2. The members voted to proceed with incorporation. This move offers the club and members a much improved legal situation in these modern litigious times. 3. The members voted to adopt a new set of rules based on the current Tasmanian model rules. The new rules will now provide a much clearer framework for the club to go forward into the future. From VK1WIA National News, this is Cole, VK4CC. From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1WIA. Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. G'day, I'm Aidan, VK3FABA.
On Tuesday, 16th of June, an examination session will will be held for the advanced and standard licences at 7.30pm in the Queen's Domain Club Rooms. Please let Reg VK7 Kilo Kilo know if you are interested in attending. There will also be a foundation training and practical assessment session on Saturday the 20th of June starting at 9am. Anyone interested in participating in a standard training course for about 10 weeks starting around the end of June, please contact Reg on mobile 0417391607. NASA selects student entry as new Mars rover name. NASA's Mars Science Laboratory rover, scheduled for launch in 2011, has a new name thanks to a 6th grade student from Kansas. 12-year-old Clara May from the Sunflower Elementary School submitted the winning entry, Curiosity. A NASA panel selected the name following a US nationwide student contest that attracted more than 9,000 proposals via the internet and mail. The naming contest was conducted in partnership with Disney Pixar's animated film Wall E. In her winning essay, May wrote that Curiosity is an everlasting flame that burns in everyone's mind. It makes me get out of bed in the morning and wonder what surprises life will throw at me that day. And she goes on to say that Curiosity is such a powerful force. Without it, we wouldn't be who we are today. Curiosity is the passion that drives us through our everyday lives. We have become explorers and scientists with our need to ask questions and to wonder. The Mars Science Laboratory Project is managed by J. PL for NASA's Science Mission Directorate in Washington. G'day, John VK5BUI here. International news with thanks to the RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. South African Radio Amateur Examination Candidates Jubilant. The wait is over for 98 candidates of the 125 who entered and passed the RAE examination. Congratulations to all successful candidates. The oldest candidate was E. Smook, ZR2ES, from Port Elizabeth, who was 74 years old. Youngest candidate was R. Preston, ZU4RP, from Vanderbijl Park, who's nine years old. Algeria. The Algerian Association of Amateur Radio and the Radio Club of Delphi are supporting the second international Ham Sahara international meeting throughout this month. The venue is the city of Delphi. United Kingdom. A week or so back, we brought you the tragic news of the death of G7PMZ and G7VCG in a motor smash on the M61. Now, as the story unfolds, we learn that the Daily Mail is reporting how the brother of former England cricket captain Mike Atherton has been arrested on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving. Ireland. Ireland is issuing its hams lifetime licences. Most licensees in Ireland by now have received letters from the regulator Comreg informing them that the lifetime licences will begin to be issued this month with an effective date of June 1st. These letters reportedly came as a surprise to all, as the documentation published by Comreg about the lifetime licence was in the context of experimental licences. 
According to the Irish Radio Transmitters Society, a meeting on May 16th showed that of the nation's major ham radio clubs, only two were totally opposed to the idea. The others agreed that on balance the change was at worst neutral and at best beneficial. USA Members of the Voice of Idaho Radio Club have been working at Shafter Butt near Bogus Basin doing work on an amateur radio repeater. On Saturday, as an electrical storm moved in, lightning struck, injuring one man. Tim Ryanerson is a member of the club but didn't go up this weekend. Apparently they had a thunderstorm roll through and sounds like they had a proximity lightning strike and it apparently affected one of the guys that was working up there, said Tim. He was saying it felt like he was hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat. Ryan Nielsen says that he and several members of his club are weather spotters for the weather service and know that in situations like this, safety is paramount. He also said that where his friends were working is exactly the place they shouldn't have been in. But that night, the weather proved to be deceiving. RSGB elects a new president. At the May meeting of the RSGB National Council, the council elected David Wilson, M0OBW, to serve as RSGB president for 2010 and 2011. David currently holds the Emerging Technologies and RSGB Convention portfolio on the RSGB board. He's also very active in the Train the Trainer program. A formal announcement of the appointment will appear in the August 2009 edition of RADCOM. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. I'm Jeff VK4ZPP from the Gympie Communications and Electronics Group. In the Gympie region, you can hear the news on 146.800 and 146.850 MHz at 9am. Operational news this week. This is Graham VK4BB jumping in for Felix, who will join us shortly, as also will VK2EX. Now, Gavin vk 7VTX in northern Tasmania is going to be operating a Museum of the Air on the weekend of the 20th and 21st. He'll be working from the Forno Historical Research Association Museum at Amita on Flinders Island using a Swan 350 with a Squid Pole and G5 RV. Since this is a worldwide event, there should be lots of interest. SU1SK and several other Egyptian operators will be active as SU8LH. This is the first Egyptian Lighthouse D expedition on Razelbar Island from August 1 to the 9th. Nobody to talk to on the way home from work? Why not log into the Australian Drive Time Net? You can access this net on the Australian Echolink Conference Server Aussie on node 95092 or IRLP node 9509. The Aussie Conference Server has been set up by myself and the links to IRLP by Tony VK3JED. Join in and make yourself known. This informal net operates Monday to Friday between 4 and 7 p.m. Sydney time. The Aussie Conference is also a great place to park your Echo Link or IRLP node if you want to just listen to the daily chatter. Cheers and talk to you there. This is Paul, VK2EX. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. On VK1 WIA, I'm Felix, VK4 FUQ, and today I'm bringing you Media Watch as well as a look at Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone. Radio Ethiopia interference on 40 metres. 
If you regularly listen into the new 7100 to 7200 kilohertz range in the evening hours, then you may have noticed some interference. Starting at 16.30 GMT and lasting about one hour, you will find on 7165 kilohertz or sometimes 7175 kilohertz a powerful rushing wideband noise, which is some 15 kilohertz wide. Also, very faintly, you can hear the carry of a program below the jammer. The culprit is Radio Ethiopia. It is jamming voice of the broadmasters from Eritrea on 7165 kHz. Ethiopia also regularly jams other transmissions in Aramaic, for example Deutsche Welle on 15 and 11 MHz. The jamming uses a rectangular white noise signal that is some 10 to 16 kHz wide. In 2008, Ethiopia commissioned three or four new transmitters, some of which are regularly used for jamming unwanted programs. Media Watch Amateur Radio Previews Let's look at more in this month's issue, and as Graham BK4BB said last week, this is the issue with the full report on the AGM of the Wireless Institute. The WIA AGM and Open Forum are reported on page 24 by President Michael Owen, VK3KI. There is more on this topic on page 26, focused on the Gibbs Tech Special Edition Proceedings and presented by Peter Freeman, VK3KAI. Get a precess of all the activities that made it such an outstanding weekend written by the man who organised the whole thing, and illustrated by lots of good pictures. One of the hottest topics a few months ago was the complicated callsign confabulation. Now that the WIA has refined and bettered down its procedures for handling the callsign system on behalf of ACMA, one or two curious little anomalies have emerged around the renewal rules. Read President Michael Owen, VK3KI on page 3, where he explains these traps for the unwary and how to avoid them. He is only 11 years old, but he is qualified for a foundation licence. We are talking about Nicholas O'Sullivan, VK4FNIC. And yes, the article is on page 11 too, written by his proud dad, Sean O'Sullivan, VK4FY, and the rest of the family. The Redcliffe Radio Club has had a big hand in all this, but the real credit belongs to Nicholas, making him the youngest foundation licensee in Queensland. Well done, Nicholas. Tom Potter, VK3UBS, says that if you enjoyed the MSAT column all about satellite antennas and propagation requirements last month, turn straight to page 48 for a continuation of this good stuff. Learn about circular polarisation and what to expect if a left-hand circular tries to receive from a right-hand circular antenna. See you next week. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Brisbane area, it can be heard on 1843 kHz AM at 0900 local time Sunday mornings. I'm Terry, VK4Alpha, Alpha Tango. Good morning. This is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. And as we start the news this week, news of the new VK3 RTV digital repeater up on Mount Dandenong. With that story, here's Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. The tongues are talking. The cash registers are kaching with the set-top box sales after the highly successful debut of digital amateur television transmission from the repeater VK3 RTV on Mount Dandenong, east of Melbourne. The historic test transmission on Sunday the 7th of June resulted in reports of high-quality pictures received more than 40 kilometres away. The driving force behind VK3 RTV since it began in 1977, Peter Cousins, VK3 BFG, 
showed the new DVB-T digital standard equipment to the viewers. Congratulations on the test came from amateur television operators and groups as far away as Europe and North America. Major funding for the project is from the VK3RTV repeater licensee, Amateur Radio Victoria, with the WIA Club Grant Scheme providing $1,000 support. Further work on the project is underway. Another test transmission is being planned. A date and time will be announced. Thanks, Barry. Now, the opening address video and pictures of the new VK3RTV repeater can be found in the news release section of the WIA website. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. The National D-Star team tell us that the Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club has just completed an interesting month-long test, testing the viability of setting up D-Star in the Northern Victorian Club. President Toby Corbett, VK3PNF, said that the club could really see the benefits of D-Star, DPRS linking and being connected to the worldwide network. Tony said that it's a real sunspot buster. Matt M3PPU and Dick G4HHX from Kent, Southern England, were there most days supporting the test, as well as the Melbourne D-Star users, as it was simulcast linked with the WIA national repeater VK3RWN. The repeater VK3RWW gave mobile and base coverage to the northern areas like Tokemoor, New South Wales, Echuca, Rutherglen, across to Wangaratta and Benalla, west to Bendigo and as far south as Kyneton. The repeater was even heard at Calder Park and north of Finlay, New South Wales. So what next? The Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club have keenly voted to purchase a new 70cm D-Star repeater and set it up at Mount Wombat, replacing the analogue VK3RGV UHF repeater, providing its members with the opportunity to experiment with D-Star. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Some Bandilasat is on its way to the launch site. South Africa's Some Bandilasat is on its way to Russia. The satellite left last week and is expected to arrive on the 10th of July in Moscow. It'll be shipped to back an hour on the 17th of July for integration into the Soyuz launch vehicle and the launch window is between July and August 2009. 29 to 24 MHz satellite linear transponder proposed. Bob WB4APR, who led the development of a number of successful amateur radio satellites, has floated a proposal for a satellite with a 29 MHz to 24 MHz linear transponder. Now, Bob is also well known for developing the automatic packet reporting system. In an email to the AMSAT bulletin board, he says... We are considering a HF transponder for our next long-range CubeSat mission planning. It'll have three modes. One, APRS 1200 board for command and control and APRS on 145.825. Two, PSK31 multi-user SSB uplink on 29 MHz and FM downlink on 145.825. And three, 29 MHz uplink and 24 MHz downlink SSB transponder. Canadian Circus Chief to visit the ISS. The BBC reports that the founder of the circus performance group Cirque du Soleil will visit the International Space Station in September. 
The report says that Galoberte 49 will travel to the International Space Station on a Russian Soyuz for a flight estimated to cost at least 25 million US. The Quebec-based millionaire will become the seventh private citizen to visit the ISS since April 2001. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The Sunraysia 500 off-road race at Tapo Station, New South Wales, is on again. Looking for operators, particularly Packet. It's on the 25th and 26th of July, that's Saturday afternoon and Sunday. 2 metre voice and 70 centimetre packets, so if you missed your camping weekend at Sea Lake this year, then here's your opportunity to make it up. For more information, contact Peter Norris, VK3JUG. And horse riding next weekend. The Townsville Endurance Riders and Arabian Horse Association are having the Lifestyle Constructions NQ Blue Water 140, 20 and 5 Endurance Ride next weekend, the 20th and 21st of June, and have asked the TARC Inc. members to provide logistic communication support for the event. And if you're available, contact Blue, VK4FBLU. Thanks, Blue. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. And down the bottom of the news we head. OK, in the final final, we, the WIA News, would again ask that all WIA officials who are planning activities, in fact any WIA-related material that somewhere down the track the members may be interested in or even should know about, please publicise it to the members through this, the WIA News Service, as well as Amateur Radio Magazine. Now today, as we leave, we thank for their input, VK2ARA, VK2EX, VK3DN, VK3DMS, VK3FABA, VK3 Papa Victor, VK4Charlie Charlie, VK4DMC, VK4FUQ, VK5BUI, and the myriad of other hams contributing to this, your national news service. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB, Walk Softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.